0: Log Talk Radio. It means I'm looking for a job, um, and there's a lot of reasons why people might be on the, the job market and or on the job search. It, it includes everything from people who are transitioning from school, you're about to graduate, um, or you're planning to graduate, and what I also love, I also get questions, uh, which online I do the Yahoo Answers, I'm the career coach on Yahoo Answers, and um, I get questions from people who are in high school, in college, and I love that because they're already thinking, not just, and one thing to emphasize, not just thinking about what your major is going to be in college, but think about what career you're going to be doing once you get that major. I think some kids get misinformation and they think about what is my degree going to be, but what good is that degree if you don't have some type of vision of what type of career path you're going to be in?
1: Absolutely. But, but
0: what I want to do, I want to speak to those young people. I want to speak to the, the people who are, you know, in that job-to-job transition. That could be internally within your company. You're just ready to, to move on. It could be external. You realize that you're just a where you are, and you're ready to transition out. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. There's the military transition, yes. which we have dedicated whole shows to. But you've got to find out in, in today's conversation that there's a, a common thread about transitioning that everyone can pick up on the tips here. Um, So just stay tuned as as we talk about that. There could be you changing whole industry and there's some people are transitioning from whatever industry into IT. That's something we see a lot of. And then also what people also have to realize, those who are in IT, you can stay in IT in a particular role or job family but you can be changing industries within
1: IT. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one thing that I've noticed: some people have difficulty or have a lot of questions around transitioning into IP. It's a hot field. It's interesting. We, everyone, engages with IP in some way, shape, or form every day, whether it's through social media or through smartphones and other devices. Those are all IT related. And IT is just like any other business sector. IT itself is business, but IT also supports just about every business sector on the planet. There is an IT component. It is a business in itself, so there is HR. There is finance. There are several business components that are part of every to be in an IT organization. And that's a great way to get into the business, to come into that environment if you're not an if you're not an IT specialist or if you're an HR specialist or a finance specialist. It's a great opportunity to break into the industry itself and and learn a little about a bit about it. Uh, just
0: Topic, us being Technology Expresso, transition is big um, around IT. I don't think we go to a networking event where someone doesn't approach us and start have a, some type of conversation around
1: transitioning. How do I
0: get into IT? How do I get to the next level? It's very prevalent in IT. And, and that's why we have a lot of experience and can speak to it and speak to it in a, a broader 25, 30 years, you know, get a gold watch and retire. Um, IT is only... <laughs> a <an> gold watch, you know I love watches. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Um, but, you know, um, in our industry, it's so much different. I- I've been in this industry for 25 years. I started in the industry right out of college. Um, and I remember I actually had my first job uh, with a company, a large company um, rela- associated with IBM. And we went into a junior executive training program. Uh, There was about 16 of us, I believe. And um, within uh, nine months, we were laid off. And it was because there was something that I hadn't even heard of. You know, there was a hostile takeover. One company uh, went after our company, bought out a, a lot of stock, and it was a hostile takeover. And so they started downsizing, and they started with the last hire. You know, that was my reality check right then and there. That this this industry, you always have to stay at the top of your game, and anything could change at any moment. Um, and, and so, I with that, I have rode the wave and always try to stay up ahead of the curve. And you know, I've been through when the, the technology bubble burst. I've been through when the dot com era and rode it to the the high highest high. Um, and it had received some packages as far as when companies were closing and or being bought out, and your stock was bought out. You know, so in some ways, I learned to even embrace uh, the rapid changes and the the buyouts. And you know, I've always liked the small companies, so there was risk around that. I've done some contracting, and that's a that's a hot topic too, because a lot of people are very nervous if it's not a permanent job or long-term commitment,
1: they get nervous
0: about that. So it's a little bit, I dare say even my career path is a little bit like playing the stock market. You're always trying to stay ahead of the curve, ahead of the trend, try to identify what's coming next, make sure your skill set keeps up with those trends and are marketable. Um, And then sometimes you have to weigh how much risk are you willing to take? You know, are you willing to relocate? Are you willing to travel? What are some things that you're willing to do, you know, try something new, get out of your comfort zone? What are you willing to do to the to weight and keep up with the, the industry? So that, that being kind of the nature of IT, uh, I think that's why we're able to speak so fluently, you know, to the, the topic of transition. And, and, David, you know, your experience transitioning from the military, um, you know, that's another angle that we're able to see. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I want to speak to you, there are people out there that, you know, we talk about the different types of transitions. Some people find them in transition, and um, sometimes it's not by choice. They're laid off, uh, let's be honest, maybe um, they're even let go from their, their organizations for various reasons. In some cases, especially um, IT, but I know this to be true in others, what still was hot this year may not be hot this year. Um, next year, and so therefore, you may be a specialist in one area, and what you need to be able to do again, you need to read the signs. If your job is going to be out police, you need to be un- looking at what the next leap you're going to make, and, and we want to talk about that. So, it- it's a very broad topic, and at the same time, you know, um, there's so many common elements, and. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, and again, I'm going to share my perspective, and then David's going to also share his perspective. But I'll about the first topic uh, because, you know, so if you visit us uh, and follow us on Facebook, you'll see I posted a job transition manual, um, and that was written by John Hopkins University. Very thorough. I, re- I really like it. And, and right up front, one of the things it talks about is dealing with the emotions during job transition. And um, so I I'm, I'm wanna throw this first question to so David and give his perspective. You've been through a couple of different transitions we talked about from the, the military, from company to company, industry to industry. Talk about emotions from your perspective.
1: Well, there's always emotion I and mean, you, you really have to guard guard yourself against emotion and being emotional uh, there's a lot of energy when people start talking about change within an organization and how that change is going to impact your job you you have to look at change as growth and not just on a professional level but on a personal level also uh, change is constant that's always that it's the only con- It's one of the only constants in life and you have to guard yourself against emotional type statements around the change, that could impact your position. You you can't look at change as something negative. As I said, if it it affects your immediate unit or group, you have to wonder, okay, how does that impact your group and how does that impact you? What do you have to contribute to this change? Because in a corporate environment, you always have to look at change as positive and as growth. Uh, as, as I said, personally as well, but you have to look at it as growth within the organization and ensure that your your impact or how it impacts you is positive.
0: Absolutely. And, and so, you know, let's talk about when you try to, you know, let's rewind back when you were transitioning out of the, the military. What were some of the emotions and, and what were some of the things that you did as far as managing those emotions?
1: Well, well, one of the emotions around change is prevalent for just about everyone, and that's fear. So you, you have to manage your own fear, and you may need support about that around that. Transitioning out of the military, they have several sessions that you attend that are mandatory um, uh, through that transition that you have to attend that prepare you for that transition, and it deals with your fear. They have several specialists come in. Um, psychologists come in, uh, uh, career transition people, staffing agencies, and they all have literature that they provide you to help you deal with the emotion around the change and overcome that fear and press on with the job at hand, and that's your preparation, preparing a resume, setting up interviews, uh, 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 signing up for various job boards. All those can be impacted by your fear of the transition and keep you from doing the job at hand because that transition, that looking for that next job, is a job in itself. And you have to stay on task and prepare yourself and, uh, and engaging people, eventually be your next employer or have leads to your next position. So it's important to overcome that fear and that fear may be, that may be done. By engaging your support group, and if you don't have a support group, well, you have to develop one. You have friends, you have coworkers, you have managers and leaders within the in the military. um, You have those in your in the corporate world. You have those as well. There are people that you can trust. You know who they are um, that can help you through that transition. So
0: I, I want to piggyback off of that because you. I want people to understand again. You're talking about in the military. They had formal programs, so they, they recognize the, the stress. In the civilian world, you could get laid off, and you may feel completely abandoned, quite honestly. And in some cases, if the organizations closed their door. Now, I've worked for some where they they had transition teams come in. So I think people, you know, start to recognize them. But if you're in a smaller, you yourself were just individually picked out and, and, and downsized, then you may not have that camaraderie with that group. And I say that because just plain and simple, when you're in transition, it can chip away at your self-esteem. And at, at, at no other time, when you're job searching, you need to have that self-esteem. you got to believe in yourself because you're selling yourself. Absolutely. So it, it, one of the things that is if you, your main takeaway from what we're saying here is, is is. Find your support group during your period of transition. It could be very isolating. It could be very scary. And I see people, you get into even panic mode, okay? You get your bills looming and that type of thing. The calls aren't coming in fast enough. People aren't responding. Um, and you start to panic. It starts to chip away from your self-esteem, and then it's a never-ending cycle. So one of the things that, that I say, and one of the things that I, I learned very early on, because, again, I've been through, every, you know, as we were listing all those different types of transitions, I've been through them all, and one of the things, it's very important not to let yourself slip into that panic or depression mode, um, and, and to pull yourself out. One of the ways to do that is not to get isolated. It's, it's, you know, today we've got computers, and you can do a lot of your job search right over the computer. That actually could be a dangerous thing. Um, not, the, not from a perspective of that, that's the way that you have to do it today, but from a mental state, because that's how you get isolated. You know, I was told early on is that, look, you get dressed every day as if you have some place to go, and you find some place to go. If you have to go to the Starbucks and, and just be on your computer, you're around people. Um, secondly, we talk about this all the time, in every aspect, somehow I think it is we've got volunteering. Yes. That's what I'm talking about, Volunteer, Get out there. You're continuing to work to show your values. You're networking with people. People get to see your skill set, and you, you get to still have that self work. And, again, when you get outside your house and you're talking to someone, the person who's running uh, this group or that group or that program knows somebody, who knows someone whose husband might be working in the very industry you're interested in. You would never know that working, just staying at home behind your computer. People are how you find jobs, ultimately.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And as Jacqueline mentioned, if you're in one of those small groups and they don't provide you that vehicle, that transition vehicle, to engage, to help you prepare for this transition. You may be on your own. And as she mentioned, volunteering with local nonprofits, you can Google that any day uh, in in your local area uh, to Google your city and volunteers or internships. All types of organizations will come up. We are part of one called BDPA, and we're part of the Atlanta Chat, And we network there with a lot of people and so uh, many of those individuals come up to us and ask us. They know we have our radio show. They know what our topic is about. And we support the organization in that manner. So we are there to engage them, as well as other staffing agencies and individuals that in the HR capacity, to engage them and give them that feedback and create that little community and support group that they're looking for to give them positive feedback sometimes negative feedback, critical, important feedback to help them through this transition period. So get out there, volunteer, join some of the uh, local nonprofit organizations that some of your coworkers are probably a part of, and create your own personal, professional network of people that you can trust to help you through that transition.
0: Exactly, because sometimes your immediate friends and family they can't be that, that support group that you need. And especially if, if you come to that realization that you're not getting what you need from your current set of friends and family, it may not be because of, of their lack of, of caring and love for you. They just may not have been in this space. That's why it's so important to, to be a part of a professional network. If you're in a particular profession or career path, um, you know, there's a meetup, meetup.com you can find other people who are in your career path. And I honestly, what really we often say is that you need to be a part of that network before you have a need. That's but right. regardless, if you go and you're in need right now, you'll find people who have been where you are and are more than willing to provide you with their contacts, with, with their, what works for them, um, their techniques all of those things. And so that's so important to seek out and find someone who's been even where you want to be. Um, so everyone should belong to, you know, in our case, not just one professional organization. You know, you may hear us talk about BDPA, but I'm also a part of the, both Dave and I are part of the project management, uh, PMI community. We're part of IIBA, which is the International uh, Institution uh, for Business and Analysts, which I'm a part of. Um, we, you know, go across different industries and interests to network with people. Um, and I like to do drop-ins on new organizations all the time, uh, even the SPIN organization, which is process improvement, because I'm very interested in, in Six Sigma Black Belt. So I'm always seeking out and looking. And you have the online community that you can network with, as well as, It's always good to, what we like to say is press the flesh, which that means that face-to-face contact, Um, make your presence known. Make your presence known. Absolutely.
1: Uh, As far as the online community is concerned, there are several. Your LinkedIn profile, and there are several groups that you can join within LinkedIn. You really have to dig in there and look around and join various groups uh, that post jobs related to your career field. And interact with those folks, people that specialize in transition and all types of um, information related to your career field or just job searching. There's a lot of stuff out there. I'm on LinkedIn just about every day looking for things, sharing job postings and motivational um, documents and topics that uh, not just relate to individual career paths, but STEM, we're big in promoting STEM education within the young community and uh, college graduates and at the high school level. I've joined several groups and so has Jacqueline and we're always throwing out information and tweeting as well. We tweet, look for us on Twitter at uh, TechnologyExpresso, can't remember our handle, but visit us on our website, www.TechnologyExpresso.com. You will find all of our social handles there. But back to my point: online communities, LinkedIn can lead you to a lot of those communities, as well as Meetup.com. So don't ignore that point. Visit us, and you'll see some of our um, social handles, our social media handles. Jump in there and network with us online as well.
0: And, and, and as a matter of fact, I'm on Twitter right
1: now. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, so
0: our Twitter handle is at Ex Café, so it's just abbreviated, T-E-C-H-E-X Café, um, Technology Expresso Café. And we, I also have a Twitter chat oh, chat room open, and you'll see us under hashtag Tech Grinders, like as in grinding it out, you know, getting our hustle on. So um, you can join us in either one of those. Um, also, we're online at the Technology Expresso Dot com. We have our chat room open, and I see we have some visitors, so welcome. You can ask your question in any one of these medias. If you have a specific uh, area that you want us to go, you know, as far as the transition topic, we welcome your questions. Again, this is a topic that is, you know, really, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of circulation, and I think it's because of two reasons. Um, you know, it's a new year, um, and, and people are starting to renew. And, you know, you start to reevaluate things at the beginning of the new year. If you don't like where you are in your career or your career path or even the industry, I see a lot of people now um, getting back out there in the job market. I think the second thing, and I, I say this from an uh, IT and technology perspective, uh, the market is really open. Yes. There are a lot of opportunities. But with that said, I still run across people who six months, Twelve months into their job search, even some I've seen, you know, one or two years in their job search, um, and certainly, you know, they may be working, but they're not where they want to be, or they're not where their uh, degree, where they feel they should be. And I-, I see that as well. But that's not to say that there aren't jobs in this job market. Uh, something that's so important is you really being able to understand the job market. You, you have to do your homework. Your skill set needs to still meet the job market. There, there has to be that, that kind of um, mapping of what you have to offer and what is needed. And, and that's your job to do that. Uh, you, what you'll find in the IT job market, we also have recruiters. Um, and and that's something else. When I see people transitioning into IT, whether it's from the military or if it's from school or if it's another uh, industry, it's important to understand how the job market works. Not all job markets are the same. It's quite a given in the IT job market that you have or affiliated with a recruiter. If you're brand new to this, then you need to understand what a recruiter is um, how to shop for the right type of recruiter, how to make sure you leverage that relationship. And, I, and I, I will reference, we've had recruiters on our show, and we will have some more. We're very good friends with some great recruiters. There are some horrible recruiters out there, too, that will treat you like a piece of meat. You're just a paycheck and a numbers to them. Um, you understanding that. Visit some of our archive shows about recruiters to find out, how to engage the right types of recruiters, uh, how they can help you, the do's and don'ts, What not to do, because you could end up turning off a recruiter. You don't want to do that either. But at the end of the day, um, a recruiter is a great person that can help you coach, help you look at your skill set and match your skill set to the market. I, I, I would dare say that that's what their specialty is.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And online through LinkedIn, it's nothing wrong with engaging with those recruiters and making them part of your network, that's one vehicle that they use to post jobs that may interest you or jobs that uh, you may share with uh, some of your coworkers or friends. So don't be afraid to reach out, and when you do engage them, don't be afraid to link in with them. Uh, as, uh, as Jacqueline mentioned, we have several relationships with Matrix. Uh, We we have IT people, uh, recruiters from Macy's, a part of our inner circle. So we've got a pretty broad reach, um, as well as others that have come to us just out of the blue through LinkedIn or through other uh, media looking to staff uh, people, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So we embrace and we share that information with our internal network because what we're about is helping the IT community, and our community, and get employed. Let's get people working. That's what we're about.
0: And, and you know, that's, that's another, this is a key message that I want to say to our listeners, is that stop thinking about the job search as just looking for a job. I know that sounds, that sounds crazy. But what I mean by that, think about your job right now, if you're in the market for a job, is to get exposure. It's about getting exposure. So I say that because David and I stopped in our tracks when we're talking to people who said, I'm, I'm looking for a job, and we say, well, okay, well, link, you know, just, just uh, link up with us through LinkedIn. You know, let's get connected through LinkedIn. And what do they say? I don't have a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> we, you know, we, we just get paralyzed at that point. Like, oh, okay, um, so let's step back. Everyone especially if you've been on the the job market or in the transition or planning for the transition, even if you only have one or two jobs to post on LinkedIn, you need to be on LinkedIn, and you need to have a professional profile. That's one of the ways that you, first of all, have to really test yourself. Do I know how to market myself? Because LinkedIn, you're putting yourself out there in a public domain And you have to make sure that you're able to identify those keywords, those those triggers. You've got to know the market. You've got to say things that people can connect to you on, that they could do a search. Your name will come up. So that's why LinkedIn is, first of all, so important. And if you don't understand one thing that employers do, and, and recruiters, I should say, do use LinkedIn to find people who are relevant or have a particular skill. They, if there's a, a specialized or a special skill set that they're looking for, whether it's project management and the healthcare arena, they search through LinkedIn. So that's how they find you. Um, that's number one. Number two, that's another way for you to also, as David said, connect to them too. And then there's a third aspect to that is that it also lets them see who you're affiliated with, just the circle you're running in, the the people. Um, If you're running with other people who uh, have a lot of influence or are known in their particular career field, by association, you're associated with these people. Um, That's what you can glean from LinkedIn. At the same time, whether you're on LinkedIn, the lack of you being on LinkedIn
1: says something about you as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And as she said, you've got to be there. You've got to make a presence somewhere other than your physical presence. You can't be everywhere at the same time. So this is another way to get out there and interact with people in different groups. So it's important to create that online profile. Look at other people's online profiles. Uh, your associates, just about everyone, well, at least in IT. Let's just say that in IT, has an online profile. If not, there you're really doing yourself a disservice. But e- even if you're not in IT, you can still get out there and interact with individuals. You start putting your information in there. You start looking through the groups that are out there that are related to your career field. You'll be surprised who you find out there. And you had no idea they had a LinkedIn profile, and you're wondering how come they didn't tell you. Well, it, it's not their fault. You've got to get out there, make your presence known and your impressions felt and look uh, into those groups, be a part of those groups so you can stay plugged in to the opportunities and to the language. You can be in a career field in a position for a long time and you're almost segregated from what's going on today. The language changes. Even though you're in the same type of job, the language changes. How they describe your position changes. So you must then to the industry outside of your current circle and your current job circle so you can stay up on what's going on and update your resume, update your knowledge about your own profession, and thus letting everyone know that you are trying to remain relevant in the industry today.
0: Absolutely. And Let me, uh, for those also, as far as the stretch goals, to so some of those, this, our listeners as well, trying to get in an industry, trying to establish themselves. I do, uh, I have in, you know, in my encounters with people who are asking for advice, they've gone back to school right? and maybe they've gotten uh, their advanced degree or even their first degree, maybe they've gotten a certification. And a lot of times people make put that on their resume and think that by itself is going to make the phone ring, that they're going to get a job, they're going to get a promotion, that type of thing um let me let, let's keep it real, especially uh, I said earlier i t there are jobs out there there are definitely jobs out there, but there's a lot of people looking for jobs who are applying for them, so it's competitive i'm not to say that it's, that you apply for a job and it's yours it doesn't work like that um and I dare say that it's got to be like that in other industries because uh, IT is clearly a growing industry, so I can't imagine even other industries. Those choice jobs, those prime jobs, it's competitive. So you've constantly got to be asking yourself, how do I differentiate myself? What do I do that makes me stand out? That's one of the things that I often tell people. That's why I diversified and made sure that, that I have three different areas of specialization and certification, because I can go across process improvement, business analysis, and project management, and I have my certifications, not just the piece of paper, but I have the years of experience behind that, uh, which is what my, my, you know, you have to have for some of these advanced certifications, so I have that as well. And then I can talk the talk when I get to the interview, not just the buzzwords, but I also can give you Examples of projects, full lifecycle projects that I've been on, um, but I say that to say that um, that you know you get the advanced degree. But one of the things that's great to do in a lot of ways when I talk about understanding the market is go using the job boards to shop and just read through all of the different job listings there look what are the words that you keep seeing over and over or the combination of words you keep seeing. That's what you need to either be working toward um, and and, and what you need to, as you define, your roadmap. And and that's something that's good, too, is actually plan out where you want to go. I know, again, when you talk about the military transition, you all had a workbook. And and that's the, the similar to the the transition manual that I found online. If you Google job transition, you'll find articles, you'll find um, different tools and workbooks. Write down what you're trying to do. Again, it's about mapping what the job market is saying they need, and that's where the job force will help you, and where you want to go. Write it down. Yeah, I,
1: I, I'm looking on your computer uh, right now, and that document that you mentioned out of Johns Hopkins University, that's a PDF. So everyone, um, if you go to www.jhu.edu, I guess, and what would you type in there? Job transition? You might pull that document up, and you can pull that down and save it and print it up yourself. So it's important to leverage all these resources that Jacqueline and I are mentioning, as well as some you may come across on your own. But I, I wanted uh, you said something, and, and it made me think. Don't sell yourself short on this uh, either. As Jacqueline was highlighting her diversity in her career path, if you, I bet if you sat back and look at looked at your resume, printed it up, not just on your computer, print it up and look at it, and you may actually say, "Hey, I'm pretty diversified myself. I've I've been in HR. I've been in customer service, and you you." you see that you have different skill sets that cross across different business sectors. So don't sell yourself short and continue to highlight, highlight that ability to transition. That's important when recruiters or staffing agencies are looking at your resume or your profile. They're looking at your job experience and how well you've transitioned and transferred that knowledge from position or business sector to business sector. So don't sell yourself short. Keep that in mind and talk about that when you get to that resume or when you're doing your elevator speech about yourself, that you have transitioned from different types of career fields or sectors and applied those past miles to each and every one. Don't sell yourself short again.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and along those lines, your skill sets, and break them up into what we call soft skills and hard skills. Um, Those hard skills, those are those tangible things. Those are some of those things that you can get the certificates on or you're taking a class in. Something that you can physically demonstrate, I can do this. The soft skills, on the the other hand, have a lot to do with communication skills, team building skills, time management. They're they're kind of those, those intangibles, but however, if you can't do those, if you don't have a combination of both, you might not be a good fit for a lot of employers. So one of the things is you you may find yourself heavy on the hard skills but light on the soft skills. You might want to go out and show and demonstrate through your continuing education how you're balancing that out. Mm-hmm. So you know in your resume there's two things when you're trying to do that critical critique of how someone looks at your resume. First of all, I'm trying to look for your hard skills, but I'm also trying to look, are you trainable? Do you pick up things fast? Are you a self-starter? I'm throwing out all key words here for you, okay? Mm-hmm. The second thing is, is, is so I might look. You may not have one of the hard skills I'm looking for, uh, like a specific language or a specific uh, software package you might not have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can do is I look down your education and I see that you're maybe taking some classes or you belong to a professional organization or you've attended a conference. This is a person to me that is continuing their education. So I'm okay with it that you may not have everything on the hard skill side. Right. Then, but you know what I do look for is your soft skill side. I want to see where you've done some problem solving, where you've volunteered to do something, where you've shown some initiative. I'm looking for those words because if you can show me or demonstrate even through your resume, if I can see certain key elements then I want to bring you in and I want to have a conversation. And that may fill in any of the missing Um, gaps. That's where, again... We keep talking about you've got to have confidence in yourself and know how to package yourself. Um, You have to uh, be able to glean from where you are those soft skills that people and you can apply to different jobs. If you have an eye for detail,
1: that's something important, you know, again. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, one thing you said about those soft skills, you develop and can perfect and improve those soft skills and your volunteer organizations, those th- those organizations where you're just communicating with others about your profession, that's where you gain your confidence because you're not on an interview there. You're just talking about yourself, talking about issues that you all relate to in your career field or just your interests. And there is where you develop your soft skills, your communication skills, how you become more comfortable speaking in groups of people or in one-on-one conversation. So you hear and people there for different reasons. Some are there looking for work, and you, you shake a hand or meet someone, and they're giving you their elevator speech, and you're like, wow, that person is really ready. So you learn and pick up a lot of information through those nonprofit and volunteer organizations. I can't emphasize that enough. We learn a lot about individuals, and our nonprofits give us the ability to share a lot of this knowledge that we have with individuals and help a lot of people get employed. That's what we like to do here at Technology Expresso.
0: Exactly. And, and, you know, that's that's one of the things, uh, again, as you start doing some of your self-assessment, as we call it, or self-evaluation, and and that's a a big part of this uh, job transition manual that I'm looking at. Uh, that's number one in your job search. And what people have to do, I almost say if you've been on the market for over three months, then you need to do a quarterly self-assessment. Hey, where yeah. am yeah. I? What might I be doing wrong? And, and that's where you have to answer and answer some hard questions because you can't continue to do the same things and expect different results. And when it comes down to the job search, it's not, you know, the the, the job market that's doing anything wrong. It is what it is. You're going to have to keep molding and reinventing and repackaging it until you find and get that niche. And sometimes it's just, you know, you also got to have that foot in the door mentality. If there is like an ideal position that you are shooting for, it's always easier to get in, prove yourself, convince people to take a chance on you if you're already in the door. So sometimes you've got to step in even at a step lower or through a different department, whatever it takes, but you got to get your foot in the door. And, and sometimes, because we, we started off talking about, um, you know, emotions, sometimes it's being too humble or not being humble enough. And I can't, I can't read you through the radio which one you are, but you got to ask yourself, am I being too humble and not giving myself enough credit and not having enough confidence to go for it, or am I not being humble enough?
1: Absolutely. That's a tricky one. <laughs> yes, yes. And as uh, Derek Brown, our, uh, through our uh, nonprofit, president of the BDPA Atlanta chapter, he always says, and it's, he has a few uh, books that he's written, to lean into your discomfort. And we like to use that a lot. <clears throat> Some people are not comfortable with speaking about themselves. And you, these nonprofits are a great place to get comfortable with that. Um, you know, because you grow there. And as I said, there, you're not there on a the job interview. You're there to perfect yourself. And you can't, and there's no need to be shy about that. Well, I've joined this nonprofit because I'm trying to pick up, improve my soft skills. I'm going to be in the job search of uh, real soon. Or I'm just trying some internal self-improvement. And I wanted to get out here and network people, network with some people in my own profession. And there, you're talking. You're communicating. And you're selling yourself and you're positioning yourself for that next level of greatness because that's what we want for everyone here at Technology Expresso. And you will see that in our archives. As you look through our archives of radio shows and interviews, you'll just see constantly over and over the constant theme of self-improvement, empowerment, and education, both those hard skills and those soft skills.
0: You know, and I, I even just, those who are out there uh, tweeting with me, I just sent out a challenge. You know, you want to you want to lean into discomfort, um, why don't you call our show today at 714-888-7506. Wow. And we want you to tell us your
1: elevator speech. You knew that number right off the bat. Guys, I was just trying to tweet that number, I couldn't remember a real
0: thing. Yeah. Good job there, guys. Uh, absolutely, 714-888-7506. And on this show and even on our our other shows, call in. We want to hear your elevator speech. Um, And and what we mean by elevator speech, not everybody knows what that is, but that's when uh, uh, the whole term came about is uh, what if you were getting on an elevator and you ran into the hiring manager for the organization and, and for the position that you've always wanted, and you were going up, let's just say, six floors and you only have a couple of minutes before that door opens back up and he steps off or she steps off, and you've got to introduce yourself. And introduce yourself in such a way that you leave an impression and even to, let, to, to take it to the next step, that they want to get in touch with you or follow up or, or tell you to make an appointment with your secretary. They'd like to talk more to you. How could you engage a person just in two or three minutes? You've got two or three sentences. Who are you and what are you about? And why should I want to talk to you? So, you know, in two or three sentences, could you, would you be able to leave that type of impression on someone? And that's very important. That really takes, that goes back to what I was saying about that self-assessment. You really have to hone in just very quickly. Um, and it takes that writing down, who are you, what do you represent, what do you want, and what do you do, yeah. And, and so I think that's really important. And there are workshops that help you with that. There are people, and again, I, I can't tell you enough, utilize the Internet, Google, check out the meetups, and you know what? These meetups are great places. Um, I I say in a friendly family environment, among uh, some other people who are also networking, to practice your elevating. Absolutely. absolutely. And and that's also something I want to kill. It's all, it takes practice. If you're not good at, you may say, I'm not good at public speaking. Um, I'm an introvert. Um, I'm not comfortable talking to strangers. It doesn't come to me easy like it might come. You know what?
1: Everybody
0: at some point has had those, those butterflies or, um, that hesitation. And I do, I recognize that some people are introvert and it is hard, but you practice. Absolutely. you you, you got to practice. You've got to push through it, uh, lean into it, and start. And, and you know what? You're going to make some mistakes. I think that's, that's where the fear comes from. Yeah. You're afraid of making some mistakes. And I even tell some people sometimes you got to get out there and have some practice interviews.
1: Absolutely.
0: Not every interview is going to end and the job is yours. When can you start? That, that, that's not the reality. So, you know what? You already said it in your mind. You know what? Some of these interviews are just for practice. You know, I've heard, I, we, we've had some people call in with some of their horror stories and were completely locked up in an interview, <laughs> just stuttered, stammered, didn't even get the part where what's your name? They didn't get that one right. You know, and I, I applaud them for sharing those stories with us. But you know what? The the biggest thing that you have to do is be ready to shake it off and go back in for the next one. The next one, just take it
1: as a fresh slate. Yes.
0: But go ahead and be comfortable with making some mistakes. Yes,
1: absolutely. And 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 what the best place to make those mistakes are in nonprofits. There's nothing wrong with being there to improve your soft skills. That's what a lot of these nonprofits and these Networking groups are about. That's what they're there for. Everyone is there to improve.
0: No one is there to
1: look down their nose at everyone else as though anyone's beneath them. That's what these events are for. I, uh, I, on LinkedIn, I, I linked in with a, a woman named Liz Ryan who has her own company, and uh, uh, she offers a lot of job advice, getting the job offer no matter what. The Human Workplace. So uh, look for her out there on LinkedIn and connect with her and get those uh, motivational and those inspirational and those uh, uh, courses that she offers as well. Uh, get plugged in and see those come into your page and, and just read them and, and grow and learn about yourself. Absolutely. Um, I want to go to.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm multitasking here with the, the tweeting and the chat room. Um, and so it's, you know, if you even hear some clicking in the background, it's because we're also talking to people online. We're um, in our we're
1: social media. In our
0: social media. So um, we thank all of our listeners. We thank our guests in the, the chat room. Even though some of you are being quiet, feel free to um, ask a question. Uh, we like we like the live questions. We, we don't know uh, what we're going to be asked, yes. and we enjoy that as well.
1: Come on, I dare you. <laughs> Lean into your discomfort.
0: Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about, as we, we continue, uh, under self-assessment, and I'm, I'm referring to the job transition manual, and um, if you can't find it, you can always uh, go to our Facebook fan page, and I have it posted out there. So one of the things self-assessment is understanding your interests, your skills, and your values, and is fundamental to finding a satisfying job. This section of the uh, manual will help you with your interests, your skills, um, and inherently tie them to the career satisfaction. How um, they can be used to help determine your career path. So this self-assessment, and there's some great ones out there, there's some free ones out there. The biggest thing that I would say about that um, that I see sometimes is people take the self-assessment and the personality test, and in some ways they don't marry that with common sense, I might say. They might take those tests too literal. There are so many facets to our personalities and our interests, and I I do talk with a lot of young people who think that um, whatever their love is almost is that's what their career has to be and sometimes it, it's the thing that you love actually shouldn't be your career because once it becomes oriented with work it may, you know it, it actually can take the fun out of it um, I like to encourage young people that it, it, in some respects you know your work should be something that you do find meaningful and that does uh, use what you're you're good at and what makes you feel good about yourself. But sometimes your work is actually your means to that hobby or that other passion, whether it might be math. I mean, I'm sorry. Whether it might be music or art or something like that. Um, but I, I've talked with enough people that the biggest thing that I find is that people aren't cre- aren't creative. I'd say on the one end um, because a lot of people. And young people, especially, get stuck with those jobs, those jobs or careers that they hear the most about. So they hear about lawyer, they hear about doctor, um, they they know about singers and artists and that type of thing. Um, and it was really cool because you know what? We haven't even talked about this with our our radio audience, but those who know, uh, were in our archives will know. We this last weekend, we were at Morehouse University with a group of young people here in Atlanta kicking off the high school uh, computer competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I loved is the, the director of that, which is uh, Josephine. Yes. Uh, Josephine kicked it off with a video, and it was showing young people. And these were even elementary school, and it was asking what they wanted to be. And the popular ones was doctor, lawyer, nerd, fireman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, the second question they asked them is, what about computer programmer? And do you know what that is? And half of them say, huh, what, no, never heard of it, you know. And so that's the, the scary part is not just young people, but even adults. And I, I tie it to IT because there are job families. And what you have to do is peel back the layers and find out about job families. You might like sports and technology. How do you relate those two together and find a job family? A prime example is everybody thinks of IT and they think of computer programmers. If you actually Google and look around uh, around the job boards and with the related jobs to technology, you're probably gonna find about, I'm gonna say 200 different job titles within IT. There are so many jobs Related to IT, they have to support the coder or the programmer, and, and again, that's what I talk about. The IT field—it's growing. Um, there's a huge sprawl in IT, so that—and it's not just project management. It's not just business analysis. There's so many more, but you have to start looking around the job family. Um, so, so that's one of the things that I. Uh, encourage people to do as far as understanding job family. Again, the best way to do that is exploring it. If you're interested, if, if data and numbers interest you, there's database administration, database analysis. There's groups around those. And you'll see that, again, out on our Facebook, we post those. If you're into gaming, gaming is a job family. If you're into design and the art aspects, But I dare say, if you're in a current industry, and I said we would talk about this, if you're in a current industry, I'm gonna talk about a friend that I met this week, she's actually in the legal profession, and she's transitioning into IT. Um, And I I helped someone else who was in the nursing industry, someone else who was an accountant. I've helped them all and and talked them through transitioning. I'll give you the example with the legal profession. I started thinking about the legal profession and some of her soft skills, which she has to obviously have attention to detail. She understands, you know, legal language. Well, in uh, organization I belong, in, there's a, a role called compliance officer. The compliance officer takes legal uh, documents and new regulations that come down from the government. They have to read those and then translate those so that the developers can code those into, their, into the program. That's called compliance officers. Not a lot of people know about that, but she was at the right place. She was at a networking organization. She was talking to people in the industry who know their way around, and it came out in our conversation. That was just, just one example. Yes. One of the things I'm gonna say to people on the, the radio, when you think about the job that you're currently in and if you want to transition, let's say, to into IT and find out how you can leverage IT, I dare say when you log on to your computer at work, look at the programs that are running on your computer. Yes. There are probably and likely specialized programs on your laptop for your particular job class. If you're in accounting, there might be Peachtree software. There might be some SAP uh, programs running. You are a user of that software. So bear in mind that software has to be developed. There are trainers that train that software. There's implementation people that go to other sites and do the implementation. There's pre-sell roles where you go out with the salespeople to help sell Mm -hmm. the benefits of that software. These are all jobs related to that. You could go onto the website for that particular software package and look under their job posting. Yes. You 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 start in your job search right there.
1: Absolutely.
0: Leveraging what you already know.
1: Absolutely. And 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 so and say that is necessarily not necessarily a thing. You don't necessarily want to know how a certain software package is built. You still interact with that application from a user experience perspective. So you do have knowledge of that uh of that software package from user experience. So that is always. Um, um, necessary, that user experience for our coders and our developers to create the next set of enhancements for that particular software package. So don't be afraid to get out there and interact with folks uh, and and just share your knowledge. You never know who you're going to meet and, and how you're going to impact that individual or how they may impact you. So get out there, network, engage folks. Um, if, if not in person, at least online. Go into, uh, go into LinkedIn and, and the, under groups type in a particular software package or type in a particular interest. You'll be surprised at how much information is out there in LinkedIn uh, that can help you groom yourself for that next job or, or, or for that next set of information or education that you want to obtain. For your current position, so don't be afraid to get out
0: there. Absolutely. Um, so now, now I'm going to tie this to another topic. That that um, this is a this is a, this is a tricky one. David's going to laugh at this one, I, I think, or, or chuckle. Uh, we we often tickle each other when we're on the radio. You guys can't not, not tickle.
1: <laughs> <away>. <laughs> yeah. okay. 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 Calm down.
0: Uh, We make each other laugh uh, when we bring up different topics. But this is one that it's hard to say this one to someone's face, but it it needs to be said. And um, maybe, you know, if if someone comes to mind when we talk about this part of this subject, you can report the uh, radio broadcast to them, and uh, maybe they'll pick up on it. But, you know, you and I go to networking and and every now and then, we, afterwards, you know, we talk about the people we meet in conversations. Yes. And it never felt that someone happens to catch our eye is that they seem to have dropped by the networking event as if, you know, they it happened to not realize that they were going to a networking event. Um, and they're not dressed appropriately. And I, I almost say, you know, you do more harm sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. You, we can all talk about don't judge a book by a cover, but that's exactly what a networking event is. Absolutely. You're meeting people, and these people are, should be putting forth the best that they have to offer. They should be packaging themselves, not just on their, their, their resume, but even their, little, their presentation. And you often hear, uh, I remember I grew up where they used to say, dress for the position you want, yeah. not for the position you are in. Um, so when you come to and step in the networking uh, event, you want to make sure you look just as good, if not better, as the, the person in the room that you're planning on approaching. You want to show them from, first of all, it just shows that you understand what's appropriate, and that it's something that I learned as a matter of speaking to clients and in presentation, it's called mirroring. Yes. You mirror the people that you're talking to. Okay? You learn this even when you're, you're dealing with people internationally. You mirror their mannerisms. Okay? The same goes with this. So think about you're going to a networking event. It's worth going above and beyond to, in your presentation and your packaging.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's almost like going to work. I mean, this, these networking events, majority of the time, are going to be people that are coming um, from their jobs. So you want to be dressed business professional or business casual, not like you just stepped off the basketball court or you just came from the gym. If if you're dressed that way, then you don't need to go. It's that simple. There's going to be more. They recur. So don't be afraid to miss it because you're not dressed appropriately. Sometimes you can get a pass a first or second time, but after that you should have learned from that experience, how to dress appropriately for a networking event? As again, business professional or business casual. I can't think of any any other way to dress for a networking event.
0: Yeah, right. and, and I mean, we we you know, it, it's unfortunately, but you know, from uh, people being wrinkled or, or uh, looking at you know, just like they, it's unkempt or um, just from them just being way too casual. And I know, I know it's an uncomfortable topic. I know it is, but it's the reality, and I'd rather say it. I, I just like to keep it real with our audience because, uh, David said, you know, one or two might be forgiven. I, I dare say David and I might be a lot more forgiving than someone else. I, I really just want to be honest with people. Um, and and even, you know, our our local chapter uh, of the organization belongs to, is going to be doing a special series on, you know, Presentation. I, I don't know where it got lost in the translation. Now, some people, you know, picked it up. Now, I was previously or early on in a consulting role, and me and my uh, a, a person that you often see on the show, or here on the show, Tasha Hurley, uh, we often talk about that we were taken through grooming classes, even as far as coaching on how to eat at lunch, you know, having business dinners, how you eat, sit, What's appropriate, presentation? You know, not everybody has that grooming and coaching. So sometimes it's not to be mean that we say these things. It's just to, if it doesn't apply to you, you, you can't know what we're saying. Absolutely. You, 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 but if for one minute just pause and, and as you're struggling with your search, I always think you got to try something different. Yes, yes. Could that be it? You know, your packaging, it just goes all the way back to your packaging. I see people over and over reading their resume. Would you change my resume? Would you clean up my resume? Would you tell me what's wrong with my resume? You know, we'll say the font's too big, the font's too small. The, you know, we'll say this. Don't put color on it. Don't put your picture on it. You know, we 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 got in Right, right. In our industry, exactly. Um, you know, we can give them feedback on the resume, but we want to tiptoe around your appearance, because, you know, you are a walking resume. You're presenting yourself in a way. And, and I do say, even when I, uh, early on, I'm always, even in the work environment, I have a, a thing in my mind. I go to work as if I to do a presentation that day. And I do that because I'm always on standby, and it has come to fruition where my manager, boss, couldn't do something, and I had to step in for him. Trust, he could have picked some other people on the team to step in for him, but I was his go-to person because I always looked like I was on call. I was always on prepare. That might have only happened three times in my career, but being on call and being that go-to person may have been all that it took to differentiate me from others on my team. That, that, that's something that you have to keep in mind. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether, you know, sometimes you might even hear, you always have to go uh, above. We always have to be a step above everyone else. My response was, so what? I don't mind being the, the, the best. And, and I'm trying to find a note. Um, I, I found this and I actually retweeted it. Um, I, I love this. It. it says, be so good they can't ignore you. <laughs> Write it down, be so good They can't ignore you. Absolutely. And and that's when you step in a networking event. That that piggybacks on something else when we talk about networking. Uh, David, you're my witness. We've gone to networking events and people hang in the back or they sit off to themselves. They don't engage anyone. You should not go to a networking event and not leave with
1: having met
0: some new people and secondly have best impression. In they need to know that you came.
1: Yes, either 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 you are going to give out some business cards or you better come back with some business cards that show that you've networked and engaged several individuals. And that may lead you to, hey, you may need some business cards. you know, you don't don't sell yourself short here. When you're going out look for looking for a job <clears throat> Looking for the next change, yes, we're talking about differentiating yourself. What are you bringing to the table? Um, uh, real quickly, though, as far as uh, attire is concerned, some some uh, areas of business are more laid back than others. Uh, some small businesses and your attire may be pretty catastrophic for that environment. That may mean you're not ready to come to that event. You may need to change before you come to these networking events, so keep that in mind. But. Again, it's important when you're networking. This isn't about sitting in the background. This isn't about laying in the cut. Because if you're, if, you're, if you're hiding in the background, if you're standing still, you're falling back. Because everyone else that's in competition with you for that position, for that next job, or for that education, they are being a little bit more aggressive. So you've got to be aggressive. You have to want it. You have to want it. You wouldn't be there at the networking event. You wouldn't be putting your resume out there, pulsing your resume, if you didn't want it. So now you're in there. You're face-to-face. You've got to act like you want it. You not necessarily be overly aggressive, but you have to be engaging. Engage. Lean into that discomfort and engage. Reach your hand out. Meet some folks. That's what everyone's there to do. No one's necessarily going to walk up to you if you're standing over on the sidelines not wanting to engage in one. If you're in conversation, you will have people coming up, putting themselves in the conversation. That's leading into their discomfort. Get in there and get busy. And,
0: and, and one of the things I, I'd like to add to that as far as networking is, you know what, when you're in a job search, I, I was taught early on, you know, treat it like it's an eight-hour job. You get up in the morning and you go to your job. Your job, when you're looking for a job, is looking for a job, right? Yeah, that's your job. Um, and, and part of that is your time management, how you use your time, um, you know, and also as far as reaching out to people, uh, getting in contact, having whether it's having lunch with people. Um, you, you put things on your calendar so that you, you know, you treat it, as serious as if you would, you know, your actual job. I think I think that that's very important. Um, but the the other thing that I was going to say, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the other thing that I was going to say, um, is as far as. Um, I, I
1: just
0: drew a complete blank. and that doesn't happen often, people.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're still talking about transition here, and what I've wanted to, been waiting to talk about was transition is change, okay? It's change. You're changing career fields. So it's all about managing the different uh, things that affect that change, such as anger management, emotion, as you mentioned early on. And that's what we're talking about here on Technology Expresso. And I want to summarize, um, I want to make a parallel here with the transition, the career transition, and change. As I said earlier, change is the only constant here. And I want to summarize change and just replace the word change with transition because they're synonymous in what we're talking about here. Change is normal along with stability, so keep that in mind. The change has already started. That means your transition has already started before you realize it, because if we're talking about a job transition, um, if you're being targeted for layoff, it's already started before you even know about it, so uh, be ready for it. Focus on what you will gain as quickly as possible from that change. And commitment to that change will lead to your success. So the sooner you embrace the fact that you're transitioning, the sooner you can get started on your next position on polishing that resume. That's going to lead you to the next level of your success. Absolutely. Um.
0: And, and so, thank you, thank you, and I want to to add uh, something that came to mind. And, Trust me, I know we have gone over time, but this is a big topic. We said we were going to cover a lot of territory here. And I want listeners, as you marinate on this, if you have any personal questions or, you know, want to talk to us real time, you actually can call us. You know, we're we're very accessible. We're we're real people here. We're not just radio show personalities. We actually are all about helping people. We just use the radio as a means to, get, to uh, get the information out to a lot of people. They can listen to it at their convenience. But we're real people, and we like to, to help and coach people. And as we're winding down January, which is mentoring month, you know, get a mentor or be a mentor. That's our message in January. Do that right away, especially if you're on a, a job search. And sometimes it takes one, more than one mentor or coach. But you can call us at 855- 484-6837. That's our phone line, and if you leave us a message, we will get back to you. Um, don't be shy. Also, you can email us at technologyexpresso at gmail.com, but you can find all of, like you said, our social handles at technologyexpresso.com, um, and we, we, we love to hear from you. We love to hear your feedback, and we, we'd like to continue this conversation in the, the future as well. But... Um, there was a couple of things, but my thought that escaped me. One that I wanted to say is that, you know, sometimes when you're um, out there, out and about, you don't know who is watching you. And I, I think about that even at networking events. Uh, you don't know who's watching you. And even, you know, we keep talking about if you volunteer or you, uh, you know, become a part of an organization, if you, start volunteering with them or, you know, take a role there, people are watching you. And it's actually when you're not interviewing that people sometimes pick up on who you are what you represent. And I can recall there was a a job opportunity And, and a young lady had told me that she was looking, but she never directly approached me about would you recommend me or, you know, how do I get a job. She was just going about her business on her job search, but she did volunteer for me and um, worked for me, and she did such a, a great job. Uh, and she was in the capacity of a, a project management for uh, something that, uh, a program we were putting on. And there came an opportunity, and someone approached me and said, do you know any uh, project managers, project coordinators they were looking for? And they actually had the name of someone that had um, applied. And I knew of that person, and they had never volunteered with our organization, uh, talked about it, but never had followed through. And, and, and that was something. They would say one thing, but they would do something else. They, they wouldn't actually follow through. And I said, I, I don't, I haven't worked with that person, but this other person. I know that she mentioned the job search. I'm not even sure whether she's still looking or not. But if she is, I would, I would recommend her in a heartbeat. So it was actually the person that wasn't blatantly, um, you know, asking for a recommendation. It was the one who just subtly, just was doing her volunteer work that, you know, popped in my mind. So you never know who's watching you. Sometimes it's just going about your business, doing what you're doing, um, just going all in, and that's the one. And, and And that leads me to, you know, that conversation that I had. There truly is an our, I can say for IT, hidden jobs. Not every job is out on the job board. So don't think, again, that you can just do all of your job search on your computer. You can't hide behind you. Um, in some cases, if it's working for you and you're getting the hits that you want, just stick with it. But if you're listening to our show because your current approach isn't working, it's time to start really plunging into the hidden job market. And the hidden job market, by that what I mean is you've got to talk to the people who are in the jobs, in the companies, and they can tell you about what's coming up even before it hits the
1: recruiter. Absolutely. You've got to go, I guess, going low tech at yes. that point, getting out there and networking and pressing the flesh and meeting people and hearing those conversations about what's going on Outside of your immediate circle, that's the only way you're going to stay ahead of the game, and that actually will differentiate yourself from those other people that are doing the job, coach. They may be doing the same thing, but they're not where you are. They're not where you are. They're not engaging the type of people that you're engaging. So don't be afraid to get out there and press the flesh and engage people and get that one-upmanship and get your uh, and get recognized when you are in that position when you are in that in, in that interview and you're talking about some of your experiences and you're talking about your networking and the nonprofits that you are associated with and some of the conversations that you've engaged in in those nonprofits those that interaction and that activity does separate you from everyone else some of us may be in nonprofits as well uh, but they're not in the same conversations that that you're having. So don't be afraid to get out there, press the flesh, and listen about what's going on in your industry or that industry you're trying to get into. There are so many different ways to get knowledge about that. But don't be afraid to get out there and uh, and, and put your uh, walking shoes on.
0: Absolutely. And I, I'm going to wind down this this last 90 minutes with a special tip for my introverts. Um, And, and again, I'm I'm leveraging the Job Transition Manual, uh, and this was written by the John Hopkins University. It's available online. There's actual worksheets. And, um, Isaiah, if you need to kind of get to know yourself and evaluate where you are, this is a great place to start. It's on our uh, Facebook fan page. You just go to facebook.com and slash text. Expresso Cafe, that's T-E-C-H-E-X-P-R-E-S-S-O Cafe. Like us, follow us there, and you'll see that throughout the week when we're not having a show, we're often posting articles and links to information related to our topic of the week. Um,
1: Also, we're on LinkedIn as well. We have our own group, Technology Expresso. So go out there on LinkedIn and connect with us there look at what we're talking about, uh, what we're posting there, or, or reach out to our personal profiles. I, I'll, I'll, I'll probably um, accept your invite there as well. So uh, reach out, engage us, go to our website, www.technologyexpresso.com, and you'll see all our handles there, LinkedIn,
0: Twitter,
1: uh, and the other our Facebook account there as well.
0: And before we wrap up, if you are on the phone, if you press 1, if you'd like to, I I, I put out to our Twitter followers, if you'd like to hear your voice on the radio show, either today or at any time, you dial into our number, press 1, and we will, you can just say hi or give a shout-out just for listening to us. But uh, we we love our live listeners. Um, But I I did say my last piece of advice was to introverts. But it, it works for introverts and extroverts. But one of the things is what we find in the IT industry is having a portfolio, showing your work, um, having samples of your work. That's, that's something that a lot of people are starting to pick up on. And again, you know, if you're not the, the most comfortable as far as speaking or you feel like it doesn't come across smoothly, a great thing to say is, I can show you. Yes. Let me show you an example. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm reading straight from the uh, transition manual. It says, A portfolio can be an innovative way for a job seeker to provide tangible proof of work products and accomplishments to an employer during the interview. Um, so, and they have a section in here that shows you and tells you how to develop your work product. Yes. So, if I'm a VA, the, the artifacts that I created, the BA use cases, business cases, a flow diagrams, I would have examples. A project manager, mm-hmm. show your schedule. Now, of course, some of the work you do is proprietary to your organization. You black it out. Organizations understand that, um, that there are certain pieces that you have to black out. They're used to seeing that. But you just having a binder with your work in it, to even just sit it on the table and when the appropriate question comes up, Mm -hmm. another thing that um, a lot of people that that we've been encouraging in our bookshop, I mean, our boot camp and our workshop, is if you've created a website, even if it's a website with your resume, an electronic resume as a website, people do that as well. If you're in the graphic arts or gaming, They would love to see that. If you have some type of animation, there's some great ones out there. So if if you don't know or haven't heard of it, again, Google online resume, and you'll be surprised. People are doing it. This may be the first time you heard about it, but it's already happening.
1: Absolutely. And and these, as Jacqueline uh, mentioned, these are artifacts of your craft. So print them up. Black out the uh, the proprietary information if you need to, and take them with you to your interview. And at some point, you will be able to reference. Well, I have some copies of the templates that I use. I have some schedules that i built that that uh, uh, to follow a project. Here are a couple of meeting minutes that I've held and that I've, uh, I've run, or from a business, uh, business analysis perspective, some of the use cases uh, that the, or user stories that they have obtained uh, within their company or for some of their clients. So that information is available to you. Um, if you're not in the IT industry, and those are not IT-related either, uh, business analysis and project management, those two professions transcend IT. Organizations and reach out to other sectors. There are business analysis analysts and project managers in real estate, in the industrial uh, corporations, in, in, other, agriculture. In, in agriculture, in agriculture, in sales divisions. So, um, uh, so you have artifacts you may not realize, but you do, and you can take them with you on that resume. And that there, that might differentiate you. That may stand out and separate you from the others. That preceded you in that interview absolutely
0: so as we wind down I think we've covered a lot of territory I hope you found it very helpful um, something that you can pass on to, to friends um, you can just it's very important I just want to say you're our fans our followers this is for you um, we're with you in your job search in your challenge Again, you can call and reach out to us individually if we didn't answer a specific question, but we always invite you to share because if you're going through something or experience something, there's probably a lot of other people that could benefit from both your questions or even what's working for you. But but most of all, i say just share um, Technology Expresso with your friends. When you click on our show and listen to our show and share our show, that's how you support us. That's how... Uh, we get the, the feedback to keep doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, and, and and we we ask no money. There's no membership required. Um, we we're just doing this because it's important to us, and it's our way of giving back.
1: Yes, are we closing out?
0: We are closing out. I okay. think we we like I said we burned through more than we expected, but it, it you know it was important, and I enjoyed it. I did too,
1: and I'd like to leave everyone with a few things as well. Um, As I mentioned, the topic was transition, and as I said earlier, transition is is change. So effectively managing change is a necessary asset to your success as a leader in both your profession and your personal life. We have no choice. However, you do have a choice in how well you respond to change, and we all need to grow through change, otherwise you become stagnant. Growth is a productive and preferred response to change. And I pulled that out of an article uh, that I had called Change Management for Leaders. And we are leaders. You are a leader. So lean into this discomfort of being a leader of your own career. This is your career. This is your job that we're talking about here. So don't shy away from it. Don't back away from it. This is you we're talking about here. So join us here constantly at TechnologyExpresso as we uh, talk about your career and our careers and how to position yourself for that next level of change. So join us at TechnologyExpresso.com or here at our radio station. Call in at 714-888-7506, but you'll have to go to our website to see when our broadcast schedules are. So join us, listen, learn, leverage, launch. Thanks, everyone. We had a blast. I hope you did, too. Visit our archives and play this one back as many times as you like or any others that you'll find in our library at technologyexpresso.com. Have a great day.